No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another episode of Word Bros Season 2 or 3? Two. Three. on 2. Okay, so. We just took a break. Uh, we got, we took a break. We took a break. No, you're fine. We just took a break because we got busy because we got a lot. Because we got a lot doing. We got a lot doing. Got I don't know if you guys have heard or seen, but uh, Metal Shark Bro is in previews right now. Um, order code February 19, 1949. Go to your local comic shop. Tell them you want Metal Shark Bro in your pool. You will get the first issue. Just like that. Uh, Just like that. uh, Scout Comics is putting it out, which is really cool. And they're doing kind of a neat thing. It's on their binge line where they put out the first issue. And then a couple months later, they release the rest of the story. So you get the trade paperback right away. So it's pretty cool. So look out for that. It'll be in stores around April 24th, I've heard, is the street date, bro. Um, So yeah, uh, February 1949. Congratulations, Kevin. You're in previews. I know. It's crazy. Right? How, do you, how does that make you feel? Does it, does it feel a little crazy? No, man, I've been in previews before, dude. It's no big deal to me. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm I'm an old pro at this, dude. Yeah, like, but 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 oh, hold on a second. Did, did you have Did you have 200 shares on previews? Did you have that? Oh, probably not. No, I did okay. not. But yeah, that's kind of weird because I looked down there and I was like, 200 shares. Like people are going nuts over hey, this metal shark. Bro. Hey, man, if people if those people buy the book, that would be great. Uh, so yeah, so it, fe- uh, yes. February 19, 1949. That's your order code. Go to your store and say that you want Metal Shark. Go to your local comic shop and say you need Metal Shark Bro. Yes. You really- so, yeah, man. We, Kevin and I. Enough been, about Metal Shark Bro. Well, hang on. We've been hustling because we want to say, I don't think we've done a podcast since, um, since December. Since Chase, December. The, since Chase the Moon funded. Um, yeah, we did. We did one right after. So Chase the Moon, we're working on that now. So just be patient. It's coming. Uh, we're writing scripts. Kevin and I are tag teaming this script really well. Um, it's fun. To, Kevin and I were mentioning that it's been fun working together again um, in tandem. And we can talk a little bit about that after we get to our guests this week. We have some really good guests this week. We're really excited about it. Um, they are running a smash hit Kickstarter right now as we speak uh, for a book called Wailing Blade. And it's the writer on the book is Rich Duak, and mm-hmm. the artist is Joe Mulvey. And the colors are done by Chris Sotomayor, and the uh, letter is Taylor Esposito. Yeah, so they have a fantastic team. It's an all-star team. Yeah, so It's an all-star cast. It's coming out through Comics Tribe. Their Kickstarter is ending. I think it's getting ready to end. This will be out on a Friday, so probably got a couple hours left to hit that up. Go to Kickstarter, search for The Wailing Blade. You will not be disappointed. And let's get right it to It is fantastic looking. It is. It's, it's yeah. fucking cool. So let's get to those. And let's get. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We're stepping all over each other. I was going to say, let's get... let, let, Yeah, I'll shut up. No, you know, you go. I'll shut up for a change. <laughs> uh, and well, let's just get to them talking about it. It's, it's more interesting than us, than, than us fumble fucking it. <laughs> it is. If I'm looking at you correctly, Joe, um, are you wearing three New York Rangers uh, 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 paraphernalia at them? You got the hat, the shirt, and the deal. I got the hat, the hat, my shirt, which okay. is uh, no easy victories. Okay, and then um, you, got the, you got the pants on too? Do you have like Ranger pants? No, no, those are just pajamas. Okay. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> see, Joe has like the Ranger shrine. Behind me is, yeah, I'll, I'll even take the camera down. So behind me is my, my, my filthy closet. I see that. My, I saw that. Rangers I saw that. Okay. And then this is the uh, sports geekdom. Uh, so it's like Batman and then Ranger stuff, Batman, then Jet stuff, Batman, then Yankee stuff. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm a, I'm a uh, little bit of, a, I like to call myself a jerd 
a jock nerd. <laughs> okay, I combination. I subscribe to such things. Now, um, are you going to leave the podcast if I say that Brian Trottier is the greatest two-way player ever played in the NHL? I'm not because I respect the right, knowledge okay. of hockey. All I right. can speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing. Like when I went to uh, Montreal like years ago with with my wife. We were up there, and I was like, oh, it's going to get, like, nasty up here. And they're like, no, you're original six. You're good. <laughs> and, like, everyone talked hockey. And then I was having, like, a 16-ounce beer, and this guy's like, uh, it's just a good one, but do you want the big one or do you want to stick with the small? And I'm like, what? They come bigger? I was like, yes. And then they showed me poutine, and to this day, I love Canada. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So today, uh, the Word Bros are speaking to the artist and writer of the smash hit, super successful Kickstarter, The Wailing Blade. Uh, we're talking to Rich Duick. Hello, Rich. Welcome back. Hey, thanks, guys. It's, it's great to be here. It's wonderful to have back. you back. And, and we're also mm -hmm. talking to Joe Melvy. Did I pronounce that right? No, you didn't, but it's close. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Mulvey. Just Mulvey. -E -E okay. right, we're yes. talking to Joe Mulvey, the uh, co-creator and artist of Wailing Blade. And I got to tell you, uh, Kevin and I have been hot on this book, like since you showed us the ash can for NYC. Was it NYCC last year where you had the yeah, ash can well, for it? Last year, yeah, we, we, we had the Ashcan for that at NYCC. I think we, we, we had one at a smaller one at, at Emerald City also. But but, but before uh, that, Rich and I need to talk real nerd stuff while you guys go talk nerd mm -hmm. stuff. Like Rich and I need to roll some D20 <laughs> or something up in here because <laughs> – because we're going to be quiet while you guys talk about hockey. I mean, oh, no, I just had one question that was about trots. That's okay. All, all right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just calling out your fake nerddom. All right. That's growing, all. Growing up, I was uh, growing up. I don't watch hockey as much as I used to, but growing up, I was a really big New York Islander fan. And uh, I remember when the, I, the Rangers won the cup in 1994. And that was one of the saddest days of my life. Being a big Islander <laughs> fan, like that was like, Oh, we can't sing the chant anymore. 50 years of that. Yes. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. You know, I just, still. And just, so, you know, the kind of loser I am. I was just like, because Bob, you were like, oh, I'm going to be a little later. And I'm just like watching the Rangers game and they just came from behind to beat the Devils. <laughs> and I'm like, woo! I'm like, okay, let's record a podcast. That's now. awesome. Because otherwise I'd be watching, paying attention, going to the thing and like looking. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. So first off, congratulations on the hugely successful Kickstarter. That is uh, just amazing. Now, when you started this journey, did you think that you would be uh, uh, brandishing a whaling blade on your skin, Rich Duick? Did you think this would happen? Well, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of always had it in the back of my head. Uh, but, uh, you know, I figured it was a good, good kind of incentive for uh, – for, for for the Kickstarter and hopefully I'm going to talk to my artist and maybe he'll let me film it or at least take some pictures. So you nice. Can, you can see me get uh, tortured uh, in an update <laughs> as Mila goes in. So. That's awesome. But, now is this, uh, is this, this going to be is this going to be your this isn't your first tattoo is it? Oh uh, no, no no. Okay, I was going to say okay. Uh, it'll be my first uh, comic related tattoo. Nice. So my, first, um, my first my first one that I'm. Uh, getting of one of my comics too now what um, what are you actually getting are you getting the blade no I, what i'm going to do if if you um kind of look at whaling blade we have this like uh kind of skull symbol uh -huh. that's like, with the horns and stuff yeah yeah, with the horns. Cool. yeah so i'm going to get that with like kind of like a circle around it that's like, awesome like a stamp um maybe you get it on my arm or maybe up, like right on my chest so we'll see that's but, dope. Uh, i thought i thought we yeah. said that it was the cheek yeah you should be like well, like, no, right, that, that, that's reserved for your face, Joe. I mean, be like one of those, like a like, smiling, smiling Mulvey with like a thumbs up. Be like one of those, be like one of those SoundCloud rappers and get you know like something tattooed yeah. on your face. That's where it's at nowadays. <laughs> now, I mean, this thing is crazy, man. Now, like, which one of you dudes wants to explain what Wailing Blade is? Because I mean, it's just such a good. I it's so it, it's so great. Yeah, the art just is amazing. Great job on that, Joe. Like, it's phenomenal. I mean, Thank it's you, the the design is so strong. Like, it's just it's a great. It's the a colors great is popping. Yeah, the like colors is popping. It's wonderful. Who wants to do, who wants to tell me all about this thing? Well, I'm gonna let the writer uh, do his thing because if I start talking, I never stop. And let's be honest, <laughs> let him earn some of his paycheck with just his little typey little words <laughs> in the book. So, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, pretty boy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Wailing Blade is a story of um, 
you know, takes place in like the far, far, far future after mankind has gone to the stars and uh, the, the like the interstellar empire has has collapsed, and now we're in kind of like a future dark age where there are surviving little bits of technology, but the only people that really know how to use them are the, are like these like warlords, and the biggest one is this guy uh, called uh, the Tyrant of Minturn, and he has uh, several executioners that he uses to keep uh, his uh, the society, his empire in line. And the most powerful one of them is this guy called the Headtaker, who wields the Wailing Blade, which is this like legendary weapon. You know, uh, when he uses it to execute somebody, it's, it, it starts screaming, making this like high pitched noise. Awesome. And it's got like all these like, <laughs> legends around it. You know, like uh, one of the most common ones that we explore in the book is that uh, they say that the blade wails because so people don't have to. Because if they if they were crying for these like criminals, then they're gonna be suspected, you know. Okay. Um, so, so anyway, so that's one half of the equation, and then the other half are these guys called the Wind Cleavers, and um, their leader is this guy called uh, Tyken, who's like a he's like um, like a bandit prince, and they're like rebels in this world. You know, they they steal their own technology, they they try to use it, make use of it themselves, and. Um, you know, they're just getting like bolder and bolder until uh, on this one raid, Tyken's father gets captured by um, soldiers and scheduled for execution by the headtaker. So the whole book is uh, Tyken having a plan to rescue, you know, wants to rescue his father awesome. uh, from the clutches of the headtaker. All right. And so, so what what were what were your like inspirations in going into the book like what because i see a lot of like really cool like ideas here that are at play so what would, mm -hmm. would you have would you have inspiring you to do this i think probably like the biggest inspiration for me was um there's this classic uh science fiction like pulp author that i love his name is uh, jack Vance. um he wrote a lot of stories um in like uh, from like the 50s, 60s, like all the way up to the 80s. And um, one of his most popular, probably his most popular work is this stuff called The Dying the Dying Earth, which is like a similar setting, which is, you know, Earth in the far, far future, like so far that it's like almost completely unrecognizable as Earth. Um, but anyway, I, I've been a fan of his, like uh, a lot of what Vance wrote kind of was, got into like the original uh, like DNA of like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like uh, kind of the magic system in Dungeons and Dragons is based on um, Jack Vance's like system Interesting. that he created for the books, you know, so, and I was a huge Dungeons and Dragons when I was growing up, so. I had you know, no idea. It's just, yeah, it's called Fancy <laughs> and Magic. Uh, so anyway, so that was a big inspiration for me. And anyway, unfortunately he passed away um, a few years ago. And then like, when me reading that kind of led me to like, I was like, okay, well, let me crack open Dying Earth again and read that one more time. And then I was like, wow, I really love to tell a story in this kind of, you know, um, kind of world. So that was like probably the biggest influence. And then it just started pulling in other influences, everything from like, you know, stuff like Conan, Elric, like, you know, the classic sword and sorcery stuff mm -hmm. to like 80s cartoons that I love, like Thundar the Barbarian and, um, uh, Master of the Universe and like you know that whole kind of like like um, Thundar the Barbarian is this like crazy like again kind of like a future ruined world where like uh, the guy like there were these like wizards and like wizards had technology but it was like such so advanced that it just seemed like magic to everybody else yeah. right so that was like and can I just say how, how different too. Rich and I are is that when I saw Thundar the Barbarian I swear to you, as a kid, I thought that was Chewbacca. I was like, oh, there, there, was, there was like this wood guy in here, and I was like, oh, that's just Chewbacca. It's just another thing. I'm like, I guess that's what Star Wars people wear when they're on the, when they're on the ground. Like, that's it. And, and yet we've come together to make a book. Yeah, no. I mean, so what influenced you, Joe? Uh, pretty uh, much everything Rich sent my way, because I, um, I was never a sci-fi guy, like, I only saw, this is going to enrage people, I only saw <laughs> the first original Star Wars when The Force Awakens came out, 
Mm. Uh, I had seen the prequels and that gave me a bad taste in like high school or whatever. So I was like, no, I can pass on Star Wars. I'm good. Interesting. Uh, why is, yeah, well, I got into it and like all my friends were excited for it. They had seen it. And I feel like just I, I had everything ruined for me by, you know, pop culture kind of telling you what happens. And then I watched the prequels and I'm like, why is there a Jamaican fish guy? I don't get what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Doc Maul's cool, but I'm, I'm good. Um, and I was never a, uh, I was never um, anything to do with the stars. Like my kind of favorite stuff is like, uh, you know, Batman, Daredevil, Punisher. Like I want to see bloody bricks and, and streets of New York and, and that kind of stuff. And then um, just really being friendly with Rich and hearing his pitch and hearing how cool it got. And then seeing, because originally a uh, little backstory is originally there was another artist uh, attached to do well and blade like a few years prior to, to me jumping on. And yeah, it was about like 2013, I think, or okay. yeah. 2014 or something like And that. I saw the stuff coming in and I was just was like, in my head, I was like, oh, I'd go the other way. Like just as an artist does with anything, you know, you just look at something and you go, oh, well, here's like, a, that's super cool. I didn't think of that. Or, oh man, I, I would like to do my take. And I would always see the other artist rendering of the Wailing Blade. And I'm like, nope, too small. I'm like, too small. Like that blade's <laughs> gotta be massive. Like that thing's gotta be like, you know, it could give someone a circumcision if he sneezes. Like it's gotta be a whopping sword that just can damage people um and then once rich and i got together on it like i really started looking up way more science fiction stuff uh dove into a ton of like frazetta um a lot of uh the heck is the book um that rick remender does with jerome lopena uh um, seven, it, seven to no, eternity seven to eternity yeah um and i just really like I, I kept pushing it from the beginning like we probably spent like six months just developing oh, yeah, yeah. costumes mm -hmm. and weaponry and environments because i said i want you from page one to open this book and it's like okay i'm in the world of Wailing blade wherever this is i'm in it and until i close this book i i can't not be in it like everything's going to be different so the trees are different the ground is different the the leaves are different um you know the like th there's different. just a whole yeah. bunch the bugs <laughs> are different right yeah. yeah so and by the way it made it super super fast to draw no problem, no problem. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I, mean that, I think that, that was why we had like a big lead time, I think, was because like, you know, and I fully supported him and as Joe wanted to like kind of design everything from like, you know, exactly like, yeah, from like the characters to like the, um, yeah, to the foliage and, and animals and, you know, so that was like kind of like laying the groundwork, but now he's like, um, now that he's got that, that stuff down, it's like, uh, you know, makes it that much easier to like keep going because he's like kind of got a framework to like work in now so like you know like uh the later issues have been like you know it's it, it was sort of like once we had like all that stuff down and decided on the designs and stuff it was just like off to the races it's so much fun to look at because the guy wielding the the wailing blade is massive and like the sword that he carries the actual whaling blade it's like the size of a car and he's, <laughs> he's swinging this thing around and it's so much fun like it's so over the top and so gory and so bloody that you can't just not be fired up about this like mm -hmm. when when you guys were doing this was there one of one of you just going like let's push it let's push it more let's do more let's do more gore let's make it bigger let's make it bigger like was that your influence joe i just think yeah. i always saw it as a quentin tarantino space opera so <laughs> like when it gets to the violence the violence is 10th level like i i i know people spend a lot of money on comics and i know people go crazy and you know we're we're a smaller we're coming out from a smaller publisher, but still we want to make every single person who opens this up be like this book is if not better than then it's equal to every other book on the stands that you can see. Um, and I want it to kind of resonate with you. I don't want it to just be like you know you know pew pew and then someone gets shot and there's like this kind of um, indifference to it. I want you to be like okay, when this guy gets hit with the sword, holy shit, does he get hit with that sword? <laughs> and I want you to feel that impact. You know, like, I don't want, I don't want, I want people to either love it or hate it. I don't want there to be any indifference down the middle. It's super, like, adrenalized and just crazy. Like, it just, it's, it's so, it's so over the top that it's, it's just fun. And I think, 
And I hate to say it, but I think that's a reaction you are going to get. And as the creators of a book called Metal Shark, bro, I'm right there with you. You're either going to love this thing or you're going to fucking hate it. And I feel the same way about Wailing Blade. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is, this is a smash hit. Like this thing. Well, here's, here's where we have to have the crossover, right? Because let's be honest, Metal Shark Bro is phenomenal. And then oh, thank you. You, take, you take that, and then if we can make maybe the sword into a surfboard to where he has to take <laughs> the to the water. There you go. I mean, I mean, hey man, we should, we should do this. Like, it, it, gets no, it gets no bigger than that. No, it would be massive. <laughs> Just think about the amount of foil we would need for all the covers. <laughs> <laughs> now that's cool because on the Kickstarter, you guys went like old school '90s comic with the foil covers. Whose bright idea was yeah. that? That that was really neat. That's uh, that that was like uh, Tyler or, or uh, Tyler James, uh, the publisher of Comic Stride. That okay. was uh, kind of him him pushing that because I think you know a lot like Metal Shark, like like I mean it's got like a very heavy metal vibe to it like you know we, we commissioned um my friend my friend george o'connor to do a heavy metal theme song for it that nice we for That's the, awesome. uh we use yep. that for the kickstarter video but it's also like like if you pledge a kickstarter you can download it you know like uh and it really sounds like a heavy metal track like it puts together a playlist and i'm like uh on spotify and i'm like i'm like playing it next to like slayer and iron maiden and anthrax and, and like heavier stuff and i'm just like yeah this this fits it's like it sounds like you know like like metal so it's like so let's put some metal on on the on the covers that's awesome and just go like full bore like 90s like you know like like, i feel like natural and i feel like the book has like all the things because let's be i mean if we're all being honest here like 90s comics get a lot of guff but there was some really great shit in 90s comics. And I feel like with Wailing Blade, you guys have been able to kind of take all of the things that are awesome about 90s comics and like make it one giant, awesome, bloody, giant sword hacking piece of madness. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like, like, like Rob, Rob Liefeld gets like a ton of crap for, you know, oh, not for me, not for his me. Face, his faces have lines, he can't draw feet. Like, uh, and, uh, you know, his guns look ridiculous and Captain America looks like a mutant. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what's going on with that chest. Now, you know, the guy's got a style, and but it's just like kind of like, you know, like you could, you could yeah, you could pick it apart for all its shortcomings, but like, like it just had this like kind of like dynamic, like amazing, like there was like nothing else like it, you know, understands and that's why he was so successful mm-hmm. and, and i think I that... and, I, and i think wailing blade has a lot to do with that like yeah. now now joe from your uh from your i guess uh defense of liefeld so it's obvious to say that you're like a rob liefeld guy growing up uh there was a holy trinity which was mcfarland liefeld and lee right like that was mm-hmm. that was it uh, i think i got into comics uh honestly because of detention so i had detention and uh, I was going to a candy store across the street from my school, and I knew I could sneak in these things, and you had to sit there for an hour or two hours or whatever it was, and you, I would sneak in. I never read comics, and I saw a what if something with like Wolverine, and what if Inferno, and it was like Wolverine. And I took it and I threw it inside like my science book, so then it's like, oh, you're sitting there studying? And you're like, yeah. And then you just open it up and I'm reading a comic book, and you know, the teacher never looked. And then, I got into comics, I'm like, I don't even know these characters, I don't know, but this stuff is cool as hell. And then when I saw, I think it was like McFarlane's uh, Spawn or Spider-Man, whatever it was, and then I got into like Liefeld, like there was unbridled enthusiasm in every page. Like, mm-hmm. yes, looking back on it now, like I get why, why you know, people could say and criticize his art from an art standpoint, but there is something to be said from his dynamics, his layouts and everything like Rich was saying, mm-hmm. just the energy he brought to that page. He was excited to tell you the story on the pages. Mm-hmm. And that translated to me as a kid when I was reading that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've shown this book. Uh, I, have, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And my seven-year-old is a big basketball player. And I just took some of the pages of Wailing Blade and I had them on my phone. And one of the uh, siblings of the other kids on the team came over. And he's like, a, I think he's like an 11-year-old boy. And I'm like, hey, Hugh, come over here. Come over here. Look at this. And he <laughs> lost his mind. He was like, where can I get that? Oh my God, what is that? And I'm like, yes, yes. That is the, 
that is the reaction I want because that's the kind of reaction I had. So like, um, and I'm trying to get better. I'm not putting myself anywhere in the realm of the guys I mentioned, but like, I'm trying to add that kind of thing of like where, you know, if someone, if someone, you know, hit, hit someone with a, with a hammer or a, or a sword, it's not just kind of like, Oh, nothing happens. It's like the whole environment kind of shakes and the whole panel feels it. And I want you to feel like you're right there, you know, like you're getting blown back by the action. So I'm hoping to, to translate that. I mean, I think, you want to go ahead? Okay. I, I think that the, uh, the, the first opening scene does that very well. The opening scene of the comic, it's like, it's like a guy accused of stealing bread, I believe. Am I right? He stole, he stole mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then um, you see what happens to him and the crowd's reaction. And it's very big and it's, and it, the panels are very wide uh, on their reaction shot. And it's just like, Oh, damn like that's that's what you do you say oh damn that's just that's just crazy right there and that's what you wanted like because after that moment i was like okay i'm in this dude just lost half his <laughs> half his dome his, half his dome piece is gone like unless and i'm not trying to th- that's not a spoiler because it's the opening of the book but i'll tell you you want to read this thing it's it's fucking fantastic it is. I mean, and, and I think uh, to uh, Joe's enthusiasm, this isn't going to look like anything else on the shelves. Like, you're not going to see books that look like this anymore. And I mean, is it to comics detriment almost? You know, or is it cool? Is it cool that the comic art style has kind of gone away from this? So when there is something that looks kind of throwbacky to this extent, it kind of sticks out. I hear this all the time, and to be honest with you, I just think that there are so many great artists I know that are working for every company. And the thing that kills them is they're double shipping, they're triple shipping, they're quadruple shipping. So like the artist doesn't get time to kind of dig in and make his or her mark on a book because they, they, they can't put out even even remotely close to their best quality. Yeah. So like I know like in, in trying to reach out about Wailing Blade, I'm talking to a ton of retailers and they said the same thing. They're like, oh my God. Like this art, like I love the covers because I've shown them the covers to the first couple issues and they're like, oh my God, this is great. They're like, I wish this was on X book. And I don't mean like X-Men book. I mean like any book or whatever else out there. They're like, oh, I wish this or I wish big two publishers. And I'm like, I think they're just in the in the quantity over quality kind of scenario. And they're not wrong because people will buy Batman no matter what happens. People will buy X-Men no matter what happens. So uh, the fact that we kind of got lead time to make this as special as we can um, I think stands out to help us, but I'm definitely hoping people are going to dig the art, obviously. Now, the one thing that I will say about the book is that big scary guy with the giant blade on the cover, he's not the, he's, he's not the main character, correct? He's, he's not the head taker. He's, yeah, the, he's head- the head taker, but I mean, it could be kind of misleading if you're going and like this dude, no, he ain't, he ain't it. Correct? Like that's. Well, well let's just say this. He might be, he might not be. He, uh, be. he could man. be, he could be, you know, an antagonist. He could be the main villain. Uh, every good story needs a good villain. No matter what, I, we wanted to lead off with people saying, "Okay, I need to pick this up. I need to yeah. see what this is." Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that uh, this character of the head taker is the most ominous character in the entire book. So I think that's the way we kind of led off with. And I mean, especially the way Rich tells the story, like to his credit, um, I think the the and you can find it anywhere online. We'll, we'll send a link for you guys to, to throw in what you show. I'm looking so at it right now. Looking, <laughs> When you're looking at that first issue, to me, the thing that gets you with those first five, six, seven pages is as the guy is getting ripped out of the cell and he, you can see he's kicking and fighting and he's trying to hold his wife and his wife and his two kids are there and they're just bawling their eyes out. Then he gets thrown out in the town square. Like there's such heart to every single death. It it's not just violence for the sake of violence. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, yeah, there's definitely like, uh, you know, it is kind of like an like over the top like book it's gory and stuff but there's definitely like a story we're telling that's like you know that the action and, and all that stuff is like in service to it's not like you know kind of uh it's not just like gory for gory's sake you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not that's gratuitous awesome. gratuitous now, now the kickstarter was for uh issue one how many more issues do you guys have this this arc planned for like is this a monthly thing are you guys trying to do like a like a five issue arc what's happening with this that's a good question thank you you're welcome you're professional it's gonna it's gonna be the first the first arc is gonna be four issues okay then honestly it's gonna go by market demand like the market seems to be responding to it well okay then obviously we're gonna we're gonna try to stick with it 
if not, then it'll be a nice tight little uh, compendium. But uh, Rich and I are just pretty much um, arrogant. So the idea where we feel like there's got to be more, more story anyway. So, you know, if not immediately after, we'll follow it up and get back into yeah. the world. But um, yeah. to me, right now, it's just a matter of uh, this is going to be kind of like the Comics Tribe summer release. So the Kickstarter is now, and then it'll be in the direct market in May. May. Okay. So it'll, yeah. it'll run every single month, May, uh, June, July, and August. So it'll take you straight through the summer. Nice. Um, and the first and the last issue are going to be like supersized. Okay. And nice. I promise you there is not um, a panel wasted. You will enjoy every <laughs> insane character that we've created and thrown in there. And if you have eyeballs, this is the book for you. Okay, that's a good. You know what? That's a, if you have eyeballs, then uh, that's basically everyone. You're the target. You're the target audience. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yes. They want Ira to read it. That's what yeah. it is. Now, how did you guys? Um, how did you guys hook up with the dudes from Comic Tribe? Because like, if you're if you're an independent comic book maker and you're trying to do this and grind on a daily basis, if you're not kind of hooked in to what the Comics Tribe dudes are doing, if you're not at least getting their newsletter to kind of read the ideas that Tyler has, I think you're missing out. Uh, how did you hook up with these cats? Well, I don't know exactly how Joe and Tyler met. I know that like uh, at New York Comic Con, like uh, it was about like, it's probably like 2011 or so. Oh my God, this is the best story. Um, yeah, you got to tell this. This is great. I uh, <laughs> like, it, like Comic Tribe was just like, it was at the time, I think like the site was more kind of uh, a little bit less of like, like they did the publishing stuff, but the site itself comic tribe was like geared toward like you know giving tips to like new new uh new writers new artists like you know just like just a general advice on like making comics and i i had encountered them because i had just started so i was like oh these guys are going to be here let me um let me go say hi because i really enjoyed some of the some of the content on the site i think they had like maybe what, what was out then joe it was probably like probably just the standard and and i think like maybe red, 10. red 10 yeah so yeah. maybe i had like a couple of books out um but they were they were like um they just had they had a booth at new york comic-con so i went go say hi and like uh i see this little dude joe mulvey and <laughs> he just started talking <laughs> and then like uh and then sooner or later they, they were having a drink and draw that night and uh <laughs> so we're at the bar and like uh, just kind of hanging out, and then all of a sudden, Joe brings like a round of drinks, and I'm like, uh, "What are these?" And he's like, "He's like, he's like, just just wave to that guy over there." And I'm like, "So it's just like some dude across the bar," and I'm like I wave, and then uh, then Joe, why don't, why don't you you tell them uh, <laughs> you fill in the blanks here? But well, I didn't. A little believe to say, like after this, I was like, "Okay, me and Joe are just going to be friends forever." So, <laughs> I, I didn't know Rich that well, but I don't know. If, uh, like I said, I'm a big sports fan. So uh, the Yankees had a pitcher called David Wells. Okay. And Rich looked just like the pitcher. He does. So I didn't know him that well. And all of a sudden, um, this guy just stops me at the bar. He goes, hey, I noticed you're over there at that table. Are you talking to Dave? Are you sitting there talking with David Wells? <laughs> and I just go, and I just think, and I go, I could, I could use this. You know, I could do something with this. So I said, Oh yeah, I am. I go, uh, do you want to meet him? I go, look, you know what? He kind of has to get a buzz before he gets like more social. He's a little antisocial, a little nervous. Uh, I said, you know what? Maybe you just buy him a drink or a few drinks or whatever. I'm getting to come over and say hello, all that stuff. These guys must have bought three or four rounds of drinks, no matter what. <laughs> and then at one point I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. He's in a really bad mood tonight. He's in, what, like, do you have anything you want me to have him sign or whatever? <laughs> like, so then, so I just had Rich go along with it. And from that day on, we've been, uh, we've been friendly. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. so, so you're passing a guy you don't know that well off to strangers as as David Wells, New York Yankees legend. This yeah, could yeah. this could have backfired terribly on you, Joe. I didn't, like, I didn't. I didn't have anything that looked like a championship ring or anything. On, you and know, and like, you wouldn't wear it out. You wouldn't <laughs> wear that out. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I've never met Rich in person. Like. David Wells, if memory serves me correctly, he was like six five, wasn't he? He's a huge dude, right? Rich is like six four, so yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you that, yeah. So he you probably has a few inches on me, but okay. Yeah. All right, but I'm pretty big, but yeah, it was just like 
and like that takes stones, like, Joe. We see why you I had, had the attention, sir. No, no, no. I had the I had the exit strategy. I was just gonna be like, he's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have had some really pissed off Yankee fans like wanting to kick you and and uh, and, and and Rich's ass, and we never would have had Wailing Blade because of that. But, but here's the thing: they never found out. It beautifully went along. We got free drinks all night, and now we're making a book. But now they yeah. know it's on the podcast if they listen to the podcast. Then you know what? I'll pay them back the drinks because here's the thing: yeah. if you don't if you don't throw yourself out there in life, you're never gonna know the reward. No, I can take a beat. I can take a beating. It's okay. I got no problem with it. All right, it's as great. long as you're cool with that. So if you're walking around the streets of New York City and you get accosted by three dudes, hey, that's what not, that guy not being David Wells asshole, then you, <laughs> you know that if they're uh, Word Bros listeners. Just listen to me. I, if I get a beating in New York City, there's a myriad of reasons. It's not <laughs> Wow, that's a really uh, that's a really fun. That's story. a great story. Now yeah. Kevin so that, is completely lost because he probably has no idea who David Wells is. Um, well, the Yankees are, are a team. They played baseball, Kevin. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. David Wells was a pitcher yeah. for them. <laughs> Do they use swords or roll dice? Yes, they use, well, they use swords. It's like swords. a sword, but it, it's, it's, it's a wood sword. It's a sword wow. made of wood, and the oh, dice were the <laughs> Zelda. It's like yes, the beginning yeah. of Zelda, so you get yeah. a wood sword first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I will tell you, because I, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, I've been here for about six years. I was a valet for a short time, and one night I saw Paul O'Neill and I was really impressed. He looks He's a very nice guy too. And yeah, he yeah. looks he looks like he could still play. Like Paul O'Neill looks like he could go out there and play right field, make an error, and then beat up a water cooler. Like he still looks like that guy right now. It's crazy. Well, let's also just throw out why David Wells is so famous. He literally got banged out the night before. Yes. He went out on the on the on the field, hung over, and pitched a no hitter. Yeah, David I mean, that's Wells. A, that's a gentleman right there. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's, I'm I'm really I, I I work really well like you know intoxicated it's, it's you know, I, <laughs> there you go. I power mean, through those pitches it's true. like you know you know but anyway and like, he was a workhorse for, so too. so for how I got hooked up in with how how he got hooked up with Comic Tribe is something that might actually be useful to your indie creator listeners who do not happen to look like <laughs> David a, Wells you know, uh, David Wells um, you know it was just kind of like getting getting to know Tyler getting to know Joe and then like when um they were putting out a couple of anthologies there was like an oxymoron anthology then when joe's first book uh scam uh hit um you know when when uh when he was looking to put the uh hardcover together he wanted to do like another kind of like anthology where we'd have like the main scam story in front and then just like a bunch of like other stories in the back so Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like in the same world, kind of just like, you know, exploring like other characters, like the characters, like in a little more depth and stuff. So, you know, it's just sort of like, we're friendly. It's like, hey, Rich, you want to write a story? It's like, yeah. You That's know? cool. And uh, yeah, so it was just like kind of like doing that short stuff. And then, um, you know, just kind of getting comfortable with like how we all work and stuff. And then, you know, well, then one, one day Tyler was just like, well, you know, do you want like, what do you what would you want to do for like a series? Like if you're going to like, you know, pitch a series and then that, that's like right around when I was coming up Welling Blade and I sent him the pitch and he was like, this is amazing. Like we got to do it. And all that stuff happened with the artist and went on the back burner for a while. Cause I had to gutter magic was happening. So I kind of had to concentrate on that and you know, but it all worked out because that Here other dude are. worked out. Yeah. Again, it's like if that other, like if it had worked out with that other dude who like, who yeah, who knows? Yeah. It might not have been like, you know, it it would definitely wouldn't be the same book and it, it probably would not have been uh, as good because I think this is like an amazing book. Yeah, like, Kevin and I, I, like, it's, it's fun the way it works that way because Kevin and I had similar experiences with, um, with Metal Shark Bro and with uh, Chase the Moon. So it's like, yeah. you know, who knows where these things could have landed if they would have went with the artist that you were first talking to. But I mean, it, it all kind of works out for a reason. You and you guys are sitting mm-hmm. on like Kickstarter Easy Street. You got ninety four minutes to go, and you are three times over your uh, your pledge uh, amount. So I mean, that's amazing. This is the good life, yeah. right? Like you guys are living the good life. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Now, um, this yeah. podcast will be released after the Kickstarter ends. So if mm-hmm. I want to get it on the Wailing Blade uh, action, the extravaganza, this 
super terrific, fantastic book. If this is something I want to get involved in, how would I go about doing that? Uh, well, you can go uh, to comicstribe.com. Okay. It's probably going to have uh, a, a substantial amount of uh, product once it's there. And then it will be in the direct market and in comic shops. Uh, your finest comic shops, the ones who know how to order quality. Uh, <laughs> it'll be yeah. in there in, uh, in May. All right. So it'll be in April's previews. Okay, no, cool. March is like, sorry. Basically, okay. like, in, in between now and May, like, um, there are probably a couple of things. There'll be, like, um, you know, once everything's printed and once everything's fulfilled from the Kickstarter, we'll see, like, what we have left from, like, leftover from New York Comic Con, things like that. Maybe we'll do, like, kind of like a direct sale from the website, but no guarantees on that. But even if we don't, like, we, we do have, like, a 16-page a preview okay. of the book. That's that's been available all last year. Um, if you just go to comicstribe.com/wb, like if you go right, if you go right now, it'll lead you to the Kickstarter. But once the Kickstarter is over, it'll we'll, we'll, we're probably we're going to switch it back to uh, where you can download the preview and like that's totally free. You're getting about um, like half of the first issue because I, I believe like the final count page count is like about 30 so you're getting like the first half of the story nice um totally free so you could check it out and then you know may's right around the corner so there you go. <laughs> all right yeah and then you can well, then you can pick up pick up the uh full issue when it when it hits stores well there you go i am very excited for you guys i am very excited for this book congratulations on your success uh, congratulations on your no hitter too rich it's a really big achievement for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's very cool when stuff like that happens and uh, again man Joe it was nice meeting you guys I can't wait for this book it's going to be it's so great like it's just so much fun you guys really knocked it out of the park on this one so kudos to you my friends and before we go where can we find you guys on the Twitters and the Instagrams etc I am uh, at rduek r-d-o-u-e-k uh, pretty much everywhere that it's possible to be be that because I got there first on Twitter. I got there first on. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, there's not Instagram. a lot of Arduics either, bro. I mean, it's <laughs> well, you'd be surprised because I get emails for a Rory Duick who lives in England, <laughs> a Roman Duick who lives, uh, I think, also in England. So right, you know, right. there's a couple. Let me say this Rory Duick. I heard that guy gets all the trim Rory do. It's yeah. true. <laughs> well, it got, it got to the, it got to the point where I, I literally had to write this dude an email and be like, Hey, uh, you know, I keep getting these emails for you. You might want to just tell people that, you know, your email is not R Duek. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, Rory Duek or whatever the hell it is. But like, <laughs> it's like, I don't want you to miss anything important. And he's just that's like, you. oh, I'm so sorry. That's, that's really you know. nice that you would do that, Rick. You're a good, you're a good dude, Rich. Yeah. You're a good Rich dude. Rich is yeah. a great dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, anyway, uh, upshot of it is I'm Arduek on, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, for Facebook, I, 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 um, I mostly like put stuff out through uh, the Gutter Magic page, which is just facebook.com slash Gutter Magic. All right. And what about you, Joe? Uh, I'm, I, I think I, I could be wrong, so I might have to tell you to amend this. Uh, I'm Jay Mole, J-M-U-L-V-E. No, you're Joe Mole. Jo he's, on, yeah, he's jo um, Joe Mole. There you go. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. You, don't even, you don't even know. Nope. <laughs> he Twitter. hates the Twitters. <laughs> he's too busy what? watching the Rangers. God. It's true. It's a rebuilding season, but I have hope. I am the most pes ag aggravated pessim uh, optimist you'll ever meet. Where I'm like, no, God damn it, it's half full. Half fucking full all the time. Um, but I will just give a quick thing. Joe Mulvey uh, is a fisherman who will not give me any of, the, any of the name anywhere. And I've emailed him several times to ask him to buy the JoeMulvey.com, Joe Mulvey on Twitter, Joe Mulvey, and he'll just be like, nope. I just like to post pictures of my fish. That's it. That's all he does every time. And I'm just like, Dude, just give me the thing. But anyway, now it's Jomo. Maybe he's a Flyers fan. Maybe that's the problem or something. Oh, mm. then you know what? Chances <laughs> and ground is very high. <laughs> he saw he saw the Rangers hat and he was just like, no. Not he's a you, you know what? It might have been. I can rub people the wrong way sometimes. I, I couldn't <laughs> imagine that happening at all. Tell tricking people to buy you drinks because you're hanging out with David Wells. <laughs> even if they even if they would have found out, I would have made them enjoy the story. It would have been something they could have they could have gone home and told their girlfriends. 
It would have been fine. Hey, some um, guy stole eighty dollars worth of drinks from me because I thought I was buying drinks for uh, David Wells. Ain't that funny, honey? <laughs> it's just, it's just the story of it. You know what I mean? You gotta live life. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, congratulations on your success. I can't wait to see more of this book. You guys smashed it, dude. Congratulations. Thank Thanks, you guys, guys so much. Yeah, thank you for having us on. It's been it's been great talking to you and. Good luck on Metal Shark, bro, and Chase the Moon. Those, those books well, I mean, now we have, to have awesome a, we have to have a meeting about, yeah. the, about the secret. The summit. Let me pause the recording and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The shark turns into a sword. Oh. <laughs> it's like Transformers, but with a shark. Do you think of all the toys we metal, sell? Metal sword, bro. Metal <laughs> sword, bro. Think of all the toys there we you sell. Metal shark sword. Whaling shark blade. Whaling shark. Oh my god! The shark has to turn into a sword and has to kill a whale. Dude, you're writing. You're writing genius right now. <laughs> we even have a uh, pinup for it. Like Dabari did it. It's like a killer whale, and he's like, viscera's going everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, don't bring Dabari into it. He's a great guy, but at the same time, but he's, be he's better than me, so it's not fair. I gotta, I gotta punch, I gotta punch down. Let's uh, you know? hold right. Hang on, dude. <laughs> was Rich Duick and Joe Mulvey, Joe Mulvey, the creative force behind the book, Wailing Blade. Oh, that sounds so metal when you say it that it way. Doesn't. It doesn't sound as metal as that time when, when we were doing the Metal Shark Pro video and I was like, then I did the death metal voice because you were like, I didn't know you could do Your eyes are like crazy, crazy big on that Well, one. I mean, you, like, are, I you were a, a metal singer, so you kind of got it in you. Yeah, it was a while ago, though. So I, I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I could do it. So you, you, brought um, it, you brought it back from the brink, bro, and just blew it out. <laughs> I think that was it for my voice that night, though. Um, but like, as you were talking about in the intro, uh, it's been fun. We we haven't worked actually together together on a script where basically we have a we we adopted a different format because we were using. Uh, and this is a stupid comics. I don't want to say stupid, but uh, it's it's stuff that that might not be interesting. So, bear with me for a second. We uh, we That's used the to podcast use, though. Uh, so yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, we used Word for a while, and we couldn't write a script at the same time in Word because if I jumped in the script or he jumped in the script, it would change the numbering on the script yeah, as soon as jumped in and it would suck and then we have to go back and edit the entire script and it would be a fucking pain in the ass uh so we would just edit each other's stuff and give each other notes and then one, the person who wrote it would go back and take the other person's notes yeah. and, and edit it accordingly um that way we didn't screw up all the numbering and fucking step all over each other's toes um and that was like it wasn't bad, but it was just a different way of working because when we started working together, we started doing Elvis Adventures together, and that was in Google Docs, and we just wrote it together. Yeah. Like he'd stop on a page, and then he'd say, hey, I stopped here. Like, check it out, and I'd get an email, in it, and it, I'd, it'd be to read what he wrote, and then I'd start from where he stopped. So it was easy to kind of keep the same voice in, in that um, respect because you can see what the other person wrote right above yeah. you. Um, and, and then we're back to that, uh, which is, which is again, like our return to form is, is different, but I mean, I loved the auto numbering template from, um, the word dot, the word yeah, thing that we were doing. Yeah, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work for us co-writing though. So like, yeah. um, we went back to the old school way where we have to write everything out and, it, and we're having more fun with it. So that's kind of crazy. I'm digging like right now, um, um, our editor, Chaz Pangburn for, um, uh, Chase the Moon. He edited a Metal Shark Bro as well. He's a great dude. We want to have him on the podcast, but he won't come on because like he's he's shy. He's socially inept or something. I don't know, but he's a good dude. I mean, he said he said he he doesn't do well in in those kind of situations till he knows people. Yeah, so I mean, whatever. But anyway, so we want to have him on. But um, uh, we got the first issue in the bag, and now we're working on edits for issue two. And I I'm really pleased with the way it's going. Like. 
it's very rare. And I know as a writer, and I know if you're writing comics and you're listening to this podcast or you're interested in it, they're very, and I, I don't know if you can attest to this, Kevin, but there are times when you're writing something and you just have this like feeling of dread and like doom because what you're working on just feels not great and you're just trying to battle through it so you can get that first draft done today when i was working on metal i mean on uh, chase the moon while you were at work i was just like wow i feel really good about this like i feel really i feel like this is really strong stuff so it was exciting and when you get that feeling like it's just you just want to keep going and going and going so it's really interesting it's really fun and I'm, I'm excited to tag out and make the hot tag over to to animal so he can come in and close the beautiful bobby eaton and sweet stand and clear that ring jack you i mean know? that's and, then that, and that's the old school way we used to do it yeah. so it's kind of interesting to go back to it and and find that there's like it's fun again and not that it wasn't fun the other way it, we'd still have fun writing comics together uh it just was not as inclusive and we're used to uh both of us are very hands-on with it um we we spitball together we talk everything out um when we make changes to stuff we tell the other one um so it's it's definitely a uh different a different vibe to this than doing it the other the other microsoft word way it's definitely more exciting we're both we're both more energized about it i'm having fun with it and uh, i really really like what we're doing on chase the moon so it's very exciting i can't wait for that book to get out there i think i think we got some really good stuff happening i do i'm really excited about it but uh but anyway we can talk about that another time Uh, we're gonna have our friend uh what's melissa white she's she's doing a kickstarter Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have I was going to say for her book, Nightmare, mm-hmm. is on Kickstarter now. So if, if you have listened to this uh, because you backed the Willing Blade Kickstarter and wanted to know more about it, I would suggest heading over to Kickstarter and doing a search for uh, Melissa White. That's M-A-L-I-S-S-A-W-H-I-T-E. And you should come up with, uh, with, with her book, Nightmare. And I know Melissa's been working on this for a long time, uh, ever since we met. And that was about two and a half years ago. Uh, so one thing... Uh, to keep in mind, if you're working on comics, remember it takes a little bit of time. It's a long to get game, to... dude. It's a long game. But it yeah, takes so it takes a year, you know. We're gonna have we're gonna have Melissa on probably next week, if not the week after. So that'll be exciting. And uh, yeah, man, we're back. Word Bros are back. We're gonna have some good times. Um, and yeah, so thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com.